Section 5 of A Short History of France by Mary Duclos. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Pamela Nagami. Part 1. Chapter 5. The Kingdom of France. Now let us cross the Loire and enter that northern half of Gaul so strangely different from the France of the south. For of Lyon, Vienne, Bordeaux, Toulouse, and all the cities of Provence, and indeed right up to Poitiers, Tours, or even Orléans, appear easily recognizable, and in such detail that the very villages of our acquaintance bear as a rule in their names the trace of the Roman villa or vicus that they have superseded. The whole north of France was still at that date enveloped in forests, from which emerged rude military towns, as a rule forts or posting stations. Treves, in its Roman magnificence, was a notable exception. The eye no longer has to pierce a network of branches to find the sky obscured by a green mist. The air is clear again, the sunlight radiates in space, and at last I behold an image of Bordeaux, its brilliant culture, its green vineyards and smiling villas. So Osonius, in his poem on the Moselle, records his journey through the interminable northern forest if toward the end of the fifth century we cross the loire on a mission let us say to clovis king of tournay the great man of that age we find ourselves between orleans and frankish soissons in a country still nominally roman the kingdom of siegrius but since the invasion of attila all that region was in reality far more christian than roman in most eyes its chief city lutetia the capital of the parisi was less remarkable as the residence of king siegrius than as holding in its walls like a relic the holy genevieve whose prayers in the estimation of all her christian contemporaries had preserved the kingdom of paris as lutetia began to be called from the abhorred inroad of the Huns. With Saint Marcel, Bishop of Paris, and Saint Remy, Bishop of Reims, Genevieve, far more than any Roman viceroy, was the respected leader of the people. And on the Belgian frontier, Clovis, King of Tournay, considered these things in his heart. He was a German, or at least a Frankish heathen, but his young wife Clotilde was of the Church of Christ clovis was a man of extraordinary acuteness activity and restlessness he saw the growing importance of the catholic church he remarked the ardent faith of that gaul in which his german gods made of him and his chiefs mere strangers and usurpers such as the visigoths had always remained in aquitaine for the goths were arians and had never had the policy to see the widening gulf which their heretical opinions were opening between their ruling caste and the intolerant catholics their subjects doubtless clovis said to himself that a great part might be played by a catholic soldier of genius and that the cross might make a splendid handle to a sword and perhaps as the legend avers his wife had influence on him whether or no he thought with henri quatre paris vaut bien une messe and to lose another at all events in four ninety six at the hands of saint remy he was baptized at rheims he and three thousand of his frankish followers 
ten years before in 486 at the age of one and twenty clovis had beaten the roman siegrius in battle near soissons and had taken his kingdom from him king siegrius had fled to toulouse and was at first received with welcome but when clovis demanded his victim the gothic king dared not refuse so powerful a neighbour and handed over his guest and ally loaded with chains to the tender mercies of the conqueror this proof of the feebleness of the gothic king encouraged the disaffection of the catholics for the hatred between religious parties was so great that it was almost impossible in gaul for a sovereign to win the allegiance of subjects who regarded him as a heretic and after the baptism of rheims many of the clergy began to offer public prayers for the coming of clovis the champion of the church in 507 he came accompanied by signs and wonders by comets blazing in the sky by mysterious messages from the saints a white heart showed him a ford through the swollen waters of the vienne in flood and all these presages and miracles showed at least that the foreign king had been adopted by the very heart of superstitious gaul he advanced with unexampled rapidity at vougli near poitiers a great battle took place the visigoths were utterly defeated and their king killed in less than two years clovis conquered almost all their gaulish dominions and added them to those kingdoms of paris of rheims of tournay of soissons which he had already inherited or taken they were now the kingdom of france and of the visigoths after ninety years of possession nothing was left save one word out of visigoth in the flat almost spanish pronunciation of aquitaine bizigot the people made bigo it was their revenge for the dominion of the heretic aquitaine had now acquired another foreign name it was part of france but the franks having conquered did not remain in possession like the goths they retreated north of the loire the franks though brave and powerful were but a smallish tribe it is improbable that their conquest greatly affected the racial composition of the people south of the loire which remained principally celtic with a strong infusion of latin both in aquitaine and in the provincia for the romans during the half-dozen centuries of their dominion had loved these sunny and temperate regions of gaul had settled there abundantly and mingled their stronger strain with the supple native stock of the inhabitants but clovis came of another race a frank is a german and a forest lover the radiant space and sunniness of these southern plains were profitable in his eyes as a conquest but for a capital and a home he preferred the north thus at the moment when gaul becomes france paris not lyons or arles or toulouse or even tours becomes the capital paris had never been an important place under the roman dominion the actual diocese of paris represents pretty accurately the territory of the parisi so true is it that the church has preserved all sorts of vestiges of rome like flies in amber but their capital was contained in the two small islands of the seine gradually overflowing on to the left bank where the palace of the termai whose ruins still border the boulevard saint michel stood among the vineyards 
the emperor julian had liked paris and had spent a winter there it was indeed there that he was proclaimed augustus a small city he says polixne but he admired the mild equable climate and praised the thin wine of suresnes there was an amphitheatre there of which something still remains but compared with the cities of the south its monuments were of small account clovis and his wife when they reigned there founded a christian church in honour of saints peter and paul on the site of the pantheon but their reign was short and when it came to an end in five eleven paris again slipped out of notice for several centuries end of section five